Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Healthy Let Co. helps people remember who they really are by connecting them back to their truth and power. As a coach, she works with people ready to transition from an unfulfilled life to one filled with purpose, authenticity, and joy. Whether she's working with a client one-on-one, a group, or a corporate team, her goal is to always see her client's truth, hold their vision, and design a path to bring their vision to life one actionable step at a time. Her coaching style pulls from her experience working in startups, certification in the co-active coaching model, and the ba- and her background as a yoga teacher and Reiki master. Her toolbox is eclectic and diverse, as are her clients. While she does many things, her most important job is being a mom to her dog, Wilbur. Kelsey also happens to be my favorite person on the entire planet and my sister. Welcome! Hi, thanks for having me. How do you feel? I feel pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of you since my whole life and a huge fan of your podcast. And I'm really happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, you've been my biggest fan since you were born, (laughs) which has been epic. And I remember, I remember very clearly the first time that you called me a bitch. I remember that. Yeah. And it was like this moment of you stepping into your own and not doing everything I say. And I feel like that speaks a lot to what we're going to talk about today. Um, But standing up for yourself. And I think you were like eight or nine and I was trying to tell you what to do. (laughs) And usually I got away with it. And you were like, why do you have to be such a bitch? And I was like, (gasps) oh. There she is. There she is. She's arrived. I was like equally proud and equally disappointed that I couldn't be as emotionally manipulative anymore. Right. The era had ended a little bit. Yeah. So before we dive in, um, yes, we've been together our entire lives and we have had the same upbringing, the same parents, the same environment. And I feel like we look and speak the same and our similarities end there. Yeah, pretty much. We couldn't possibly be more different in a lot of ways. Um, Kelsey is a Taurus and I'm a Gemini. So she is gentle and stubborn and slow and I'm fast and impulsive while she is intentional. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) What What would your, what would you like describe us, our similarities and differences? Well, sometimes I think of us as 
kind of, if you were to put us together as one human, we would really thrive. We would like, we would really crush it. But I think uh, we're kind of really a beautiful yin yang for each other. I think that we, I mean, I learn a lot from you and I think what I like to think I bring to the table is helpful for you too. Um, But it's interesting, even though we're so different, we've pursued a lot of the same things, um, but coming at it from different ways in the last couple of years, especially. So totally. And we'll dive, we'll dive into that because I, there's just been so many pivotal moments and, um, I feel that we've always been really close. Like there was never a sibling rivalry. Like we were always each other's favorite people. And I feel really lucky, but that we, you know, that we had that relationship. There was never a, Oh, we weren't close in this period. Like you know, yeah. you've always been my favorite person. So what's your why? Ooh, my why is, oof, it's really to, gosh, I just, I know you, I knew you were going to ask these questions and still, um, no, my why is really to, I just love humans. I love people. I love their power. I love to see them connect with that power. And my why is really to be a curator of spaces that allow people to realize really how badass they are and how, how much potential is there. Um, it just brings me a ridiculous amount of joy. And I just think it's such a privileged place to be to get to design these experiences for people. So my why is really just to, to help people really remember that they're completely incredible and unstoppable in this life. I love that. I feel like our whys are really similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just really like lighting people up and I feel yes. like we get that from mom. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's yeah. the queen of lighting people up. Yeah. She is the ultimate cheerleader. I mean, I have been praised my entire life for like below average work. Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) What did we do recently? Wow, Krista. It's just the, the amount of confidence I feel that she instilled in us, which I want to talk to you about because I feel like um, you really struggle with this shy girl concept and you talk to this Mm -hmm. a lot. And um, I have never been shy. I was never shy. Um, I would say that if we were sitting in a classroom, I'm the person like sitting in the front, raising my hand right away. And you're the person like that turns bright red. Oh yeah. Raise your hand. So, um, I want to talk, talk more about that, but I just think overall, we've had really incredible parents that have just completely celebrated us, um, first and foremost. And then our dad has really constantly challenged us challenged us and pushed us to do better and do more. Whereas Mm -hmm. our mother has celebrated us for just existing. So that, that balance, I feel like has really, yeah. What do you, what do you think that you attribute us wanting to light other people up and both sort of being on this mission to one, be entrepreneurs, but to be like, so in service to the other. Yeah. Well, I think what our parents did such a beautiful job of was just creating a space and an environment for us to really 
be who we are. I mean, no matter what random idea I've thrown at mom and dad and there, it's always met with support and always met with, um, I think the assumption that we can do it. And that is something that I bring into my coaching a lot too, just recognizing the power um, of being in a relationship with someone that they just assume you can do it. They assume you're going to be successful and it, it, the other person rises to that occasion. So I think with mom and dad, whether it was with dance, they were so supportive. They were just, ah, just amazing. Um, my childhood growing up as a dancer and anything that I've done, it's just always been met with so much support and so much, um, confidence that even if it doesn't work out, like we'll, we'll handle ourselves. We'll, we'll be okay. Kind of a thing. Right. I think that that's a really good point. Like more than supporting us doing the thing, we were supported to quit the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something I definitely, like, I was such a dabbler. Like you really like from the day you were born, were a dancer and are still a dancer. And they really supported that. Like at a lot of the competitions, I remember dad being like the only dad in the audience. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just so supportive of raising two girls when he grew up with mostly brothers and just right. in such a different space and time of masculinity and, and the whole thing. We won't get into that, but for me, I was constantly quitting everything. Hey. So <laughs> and that was also in, okay. <laughs> would have had invested money and time in like my traveling soccer team or lacrosse camp or swim team or whatever it is. And then I was constantly like getting really excited and really into things. And then also constantly quitting things, which I think speaks to who we are as people. Whereas I'm sort of this person who like goes hard really quickly, really fast, gets all in and then gets bored. Whereas right. you're like, you know, it takes you a lot longer to get into something. And then once you're in, you're in for a long time before you realize you want to get out. And then it takes you a really long time to get out. So <laughs> I can't imagine what you might be referring to. <laughs> <clears throat> we won't, we won't, we won't go there. Some things are not, some things are sacred. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about this shy girl concept because this is something mm -hmm. you talk about a lot. And I want to go back to this. And my first question for you about this is when did you first realize one that you were quote unquote shy and two, that there's like a different way of being. Mm, good questions. I remember really realizing being shy when we would be at just like family dinner parties, whether it be neighborhood kids or even our own family with our cousins. I remember just wanting to go be with mom or dad. I remember just being by dad's legs and being like, pick me up. And I just wanted to kind of escape all of that. And I remember being kind of jealous of all the other kids playing together and having fun. And you were usually the ringleader of it. And here yeah. I was off in the corner trying to disappear. And, uh, yeah. And that, that, was probably my earliest memory of um, really being shy. And I definitely realized there was other ways to be. Um, dance was a really big part of this because dance was the area of my life that I was not shy. I had no problem bringing all of myself. And I had some amazing teachers who saw that and encouraged that. So it was such a safe place for me to just be all of myself. So thankfully, I had that um, in my life. And Truly, really, it was when I got to college, I made a decision. I was like, no one knows you here. Who do you want to be? 
do you want to be the shy girl or do you want to try out living more authentically? And I made obviously the latter decision and very glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit more. What did that decision look like? So you're like, okay, I'm the shy girl and now I'm going to decide not to be, but easier said than done. Easier said. So what are some, like for the people that like Kelsey's introvert, Kelsey's what we call an introvert, an extroverted introvert. So she totally gets lit up by people and loves talking and connecting, but she actually gets her fuel from being alone. And that's what I, you know, in my fake news, humble opinion, that's what I describe introvert and extrovert, whereas an (laughs) extrovert, um, I get my energy from being around other people. That's what fuels me. Um, so although you can function as an extrovert, like you need that alone time to regroup. So knowing all this about yourself, um, what were some early decisions you made to like, okay, I'm going to come out of my shell. I'm going to do that. Like it takes action. It takes more than Mm -hmm. just, okay, I'm not going to be shy today, but like, what does it actually look like on a day-to-day basis when it doesn't come naturally? Yeah. Honestly, it's something I still choose every day, especially in the line of work that I do now. I mean, past me would have completely freaked out if I told her that we would be putting ourselves out there every day for our business. Like, I'm sorry, what? Um, But at the time it looked like like initiating conversations with people, simple stuff, like initiating the conversation with my roommate. It looked like going to knock on someone's door. It looked like putting myself out there in that dance audition. It looked like, um, you know, deciding to be an instigator of things and of social things rather than just kind of sitting back and waiting. It looked like deciding to speak up in class and like really engage and like stepping into the situation rather than just kind of being an outsider looking in. So it really just looked like a a decision to choose in every moment to be part of the moment instead of just kind of sitting back and letting it happen without me. Mm, Yeah. I think that that's really powerful. I want to talk about our time in the jungle mm-hmm. because I feel like this was a really pivotal moment for both of us. And I was fully led there. Um, and I just want to talk about this time because we have spent a lot of time together over the years. Just the two of us will do trips or retreats or Reiki trainings or things like that. We make a point to see each other a lot. And uh, when was this? 2013, 2014, 2016, 2016, 2016. Yeah. Um, we decided to do our yoga teacher training together and I am typically very controlling, but I was really busy at the time. So I sort of just let Kelsey do the research and decide where we were going to go. And I just sort of showed up and we showed up in the deep jungle of the big Island um, for anyone who's been there, Pune, which has just like this very intense, like maybe the most intense feminine raw energy I've ever felt in my life. And we show up here and for our teacher training, which is, you know, three weeks of just fully intense. If you've ever done your yoga teacher training, it's like quite the experience. Um, you come out a different person and we shared a little hut 
Um, and by little hut, I mean a very little hut <laughs> with only room for two twin beds and a bunch of fucking huge centipedes um, in the middle of the jungle for the entire teacher training and, you know, communal bathrooms, the, the whole thing. So it's you're one with the elements. Um, yes. And it rained every night. It rained every night and I hate the rain and I cry <laughs> so much. So I feel like my experience was very external where you were having a very internal experience and came back from that training and made some like massive, massive changes in your life. So I want to talk about your experience during our yoga teacher training and, and what like came about for you? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'm just so grateful we shared that experience together. I mean, oh my goodness. It was completely ridiculous. Um, it was just so all as it should have been though. Um, well, Allison and I, did you listen to our episode? Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) Allison and I talked about it. Allison, who's our Reiki master and teacher and sister and everything to us, um, guide in so many ways. Uh, she certified us Reiki in, in level one and two Reiki there. And, um, I was telling her it was that moment when we got certified in Reiki that I realized, Oh, this is, this is why I'm here. Um, Mm -hmm. I, when that was just like such a pivotal moment for me and there you were sitting next to me having like a totally different experience, but equally as profound. So I want you to share what went down for yeah. you that time. Yeah. So for me, it was, I went in with a total naive and to be honest, like pretty shallow expectations. Um, I didn't do a lot of research. I just found this program. The teacher looked nice. All my friends thought I was nuts going on a teacher training without having ever met research taking class with this teacher. And I, it was just like, yep, this is what we're going to do. So we went and we showed up that night and I'll never forget showing up. We were late. We were the last ones there. It was pouring rain. It was dark. We kind of probably thought we were going to be on the beach in bikinis and we show up and we're in the jungle and everyone's chanting. And we were just like, what? what, what is this? And I, my experience of it, um, reflecting, it really was the, the experience that kind of changed everything for me. And specifically because it was the first time I slowed down enough to actually hear myself and to hear my intuition. I think of that trip, um, that experience is like really when I found my intuition and, she had been yelling at me for a while, but it was kind of like, I think about like that person at the dinner table, who's really usually really quiet, but then they have a little too much wine and they don't shut up and they're like, you know, dancing on the table and you can't ignore them. Like that was my intuition, um, in that, in that couple of weeks. So what was she saying? Oh, she had a lot to say. She, oh man, she has so much to say, to say she, it was, first of all, there was, I was in a job that I didn't like. It wasn't, it was not serving me. I was so anxious about it. It was making me literally sick. Um, I was in a relationship. I had been in a really long-term relationship with the person that I just assumed I'd marry. And it had a lot to say about that. Um, and I think finding my intuition plus being with our teacher, Allison, she was 
really the first person who didn't know anything about me, who saw me and like gave me permission to be myself. And, um, it, it was just so powerful to be again in the presence of someone who just like sees you and gives you permission to be exactly who you are and just assumes that that's who you are. It was just such a beautiful experience. So those two things really were kind of what changed everything for me. Mm, yeah. I remember us lying there and you like got off the phone with your partner at the time and you sort of said to me, I'm not really excited about going back to this relationship. Okay. And I have always been a you should kind of person, like especially with you. And over the years, I've realized that that is just not even just with you in general, like I'm constantly, and it comes from a place of love, but it's constantly like, you should do this. You should do that. You should right. do this versus like, Hey, I have a, an idea I'd like to share with you, or I have an opinion right. that I would like to provide. Like, is there, you know, are you open to hearing it? Right. So we've learned a lot in our communication styles, but I remember sitting there in that moment, realizing that I was going to support that you leaving that no matter how long it took and how righteous I had to be, because I fully like saw you in that moment. And I was like, she's got to get out of this. It took a few more years and, oh, yeah. and you did. And I think that that's a really big point that I want to focus on. So when I have these epiphanies, I immediately leave the person, move to Aruba. Like, you know, it's extreme, it's aggressive, it's intense right. and, you know, move to LA over a weekend, you know, like get back together, yeah. whatever. Like I'm super impulsive and in, it's been really, it's served me really well, you know, knock on wood, my, you know, gut, I've, I found my quote unquote intuition. And I, I think for a long time, my ego and my intuition would get muddled mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the journey has led me here. And with you, you have the same gut instinct to do the thing, but you do it a little more intentional. So you phased out of that job. You didn't just quit your job and do, right. Right, do the thing. And I think that there's so much to learn in that because it can be so hard for somebody. And I work with people like this. A lot of my clients have made the decision like in their mind that they're going to leave the relationship, leave the job, do the thing, but then they still have one foot in and one foot out. And that's really hard. And you sort of balanced that and transitioned that really beautifully. And I just want to know like what that was like for you to know this is where I'm going, but I'm not there today and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And just what that process is like when you have that aha moment and maybe it's not up to you. There's a lot of things in the way of you not being able to just jump ship the next day and be super irresponsible like other people might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up. I think it can be, um, quite scary. I mean, I'll speak for myself. It was scary at first to have this gut realization and be like, okay, well, do I have to do all this tomorrow? Like, do I, I know leap in the net will appear. Like I know that. And I'm just not, I I'm a slower mover. I just wasn't ready to rip off the bandaid of my whole life quite yet. I needed to think about it. I needed to process it. Um, and what's helped me a lot is um, really just, just first and foremost, trust. I made a promise to myself when I got back from our time in the jungle uh, to trust my gut. 
no matter what. And it started with a year long, um, just kind of experiment and exercise and trusting my gut. And I wrote about it and I still continue that doc to this day. And it's been really important to look back on that experience, but first of all, trust and just trusting that, um, you know, my yoga teacher, Susanna said this the other day in class, wherever you are on the path, that is where you're supposed to be on the path. Like this is the path. You don't have to go elsewhere to find it. Like this is the path. So I'm really grateful for my, um, trust in yoga philosophy. That helps me a lot. So trust, um, and also just mindset is really helpful too. I, I'm, I talk about mindset a lot with my clients and to be able to see like, for example, I, I still work part-time um, and to know that I have this, it's so, it's serving me in such a beautiful way so that it is supporting my dreams, seeing it as that rather than- By like working part-time, she means she still has a corporate part-time gig. Right. Where, like she work, you work full-time as a coach. Yes. 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 Just to clarify. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you yeah, still have so- this other thing that that is a pillar of revenue for you right now. Right. And it really serves me. I love being part of this team a couple hours a week. Um, Different team though, than the job that you had before. Yes. Yeah, totally. So um, I feel like I'm getting a little confusing. Can we backtrack a little bit? I mean, let me just get us back on track really quick. Okay. I don't, (laughs) yeah. Here's what we're talking about. When Kelsey got back from the jungle, she made the decision to trust her gut. And two years later, three years later, she had completely left that job, dedicated her life to teaching yoga, teaching dance, got her coaching certification, had coaching clients, was living on her boat, rocking independent life. And now she has a corporate quote unquote gig, but I feel like these people really see you and they super value the path that you're on. And so I think the point that I was interjecting there was that you, you did the thing and you're creating a life that serves you, you know, based on your gut. And that can mean not being fully in this woo woo world. It can mean having a leg in corporate and, you know, getting a revenue that way. And that's totally okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, thank you. I think there's a lot of pressure that I felt and that people could feel of, okay, I'm going to have to go all in and do this thing right now, but there's a million different ways to create a life that you really love and that feels authentic to you. And that can change. Um, I also, yeah, I just, I, I look at life as a puzzle and what do you want your puzzle to look like? Um, I want a big piece of my puzzle to be coaching and yoga and dance, but I also really love the startup energy. So that's still in my puzzle a little bit. So it's really just taking a more creative look at life and figuring out what you want a puzzle to look like. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people feel like they have to choose. And I talk about a lot, like not putting yourself in a box. And I used to say, you know, you can be all of the things and, and that's in the sense that like, I have a deeply spiritual practice. I travel to Nepal, but I also love business. I love money. I love abundance. I love nice things. I love my sauna. I love my client. Like there's just, you can love what you want to love and going back right. to what you're saying, like be on the path, be where you're at on the path. And where I'm right. at on the path is like, I still have attachment to a lot of things. My whole thing is supposed to be detachment. But if I lost this necklace with my guru on it, I would be very upset. So it's just like, 
you know, being where you are is so important and owning that. So like owning, like the, the startup world calls to me. I love being in that. I love working with this team. I love the, I'm invested in the product. I'm working on that kind of stuff and just owning it. Um, Krista Williams, who is uh, from the Almost 30 podcast, when she came on here, she talked about that a lot when she decided to now she's like obviously fully this like epic, uh, you know, co-host of Almost 30. They do courses, online things. I mean, you name it. She's massive um, influence on so many people. And she talked about the importance of like intentionally making that shift. And she had a full-time job in corporate, in finance and stayed there for a very long time until she went full-time into the other thing. And I, I just think that we see so much of like, take the leap, do the thing, follow your passion, but there's a responsible, rational way to do that as well. And I think that's when the magic can really happen is when you take both a strategic approach and a spiritual, intuitive, heartfelt approach to what you're doing. And I think you're just a really good example of that. Well, I, I love how you said that. And I think that there, that's such a beautiful pairing because, well, first of all, I I value being able to pay my bills. That's something that I vowed to myself this whole time is like, okay, go take the leap. And I really value financial stability. So like do what you have to do to remain financially stable. Um, So in making decisions that allowed me to do that, it gave me the space to really trust my gut and make decisions in this new world that I was creating that weren't based out of fear and scarcity, but that were based out of like what feels deeply and intuitively right right now. So that combination for me has been really necessary. I think that that is it, especially because it's so hard to create from a place of fear And if you're fear-based about paying your bills or making rent or whatever, right, making X amount, selling X amount, then the service and the creativity is just really, really challenging. So I'm in a similar transition in my business where in June I decided, because I'm really rational in my business, which is great. And I'm grateful for that in my personal life. (laughs) It's a little messier. Um, but in my business world, I do bring rationale and data into it. And a lot of that is thanks to my business partner who has 17,000 planets in Capricorn and my head of operations who is all Aquarius Virgo and, and just, uh, my rock. And, Anyway, my point in that is I eventually am making this big transition, but a huge chunk of my revenue is still coming from this area of my business that I'm looking to transition out of. And instead of just completely shutting that off, I'm slowly transitioning it. So if I can look at my revenue seven months ago, eight months ago, 80% was in this pot, whereas now it's 50%. And hopefully by June, it will be 20%. And I can slowly make that shift. And I just think that that's really important. You can make the decision and then take actions to get there, but do it in a way that doesn't stress you out financially because I still have revenue coming in from this pillar. It actually gives me more creative freedom to create these new offerings, to build what's right, to listen to my intuition and not just get it out to make money. And I was talking to a client yesterday and she said the most beautiful thing to me. She said, I want to leave a legacy for my daughter that, that is more than just a dollar in the bank. And I think the idea of having kids is just really puts that in perspective. She said, my daughter is looking at what I'm doing. And although financial success is really important, I want to take care of her. I want to leave money behind for her. There's so much more that I want to leave behind. And 
yeah, I think that, yeah, there's just so much to it. And I'm just grateful we're having this conversation because there's so many people out there who I think aren't living their passion or doing the thing they want to be doing, but you're where you're at for a reason and finding gratitude in that stability. And also knowing that it does take courage and you had that courage to leave, to take the risk, to end the relationship, end the relationship. Um, and courage is really, really important. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, what do you do now? How do you spend your days? What does that puzzle look like today? Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm sure the backdrop of many people's puzzles are right now, I am at home. I live on my boat with my dog Wilbur. He's the love of my life. Um, aside from hanging with that guy, uh, I'm really focusing as much as I can on coaching and building group programs. Um, I think the last year has just given everyone a chance to sit with their stuff more than ever. And there's been a lot, lot, lot of learning that's happened, uh, obviously on a societal global level, and that's trickled down to in our personal lives. So I've been really focused on designing group programs and, and holding those. Um, I also still teach yoga and dance virtually. So that has been an adventure. I've even figured out how to teach dance from the boat, which is never something I thought that I would do, but it can be done. Um, and I still am supporting the startup for a couple hours a week virtually too. We've gone fully remote. So we've, I've really leaned into what 2020 offered us and I'm just trying to make it work. Yeah. I've been so proud watching how you've handled 2020, um, you know, just from a per professional perspective, from a personal perspective, um, you know, being single during this time is definitely, uh, can get really lonely and you have, really managed to just stay incredibly positive, like let the sad days be sad days, watch a lot of sex in the city, drink a lot of wine, <laughs> teach yourself to cook, which yeah. is really fun watching you. And I just feel like 2021 is going to be one, 2020 is going to be one of those pivotal years for you, just like 2016 was you're coming yeah. out of your Saturn return. Um, mm -hmm. and so much has happened just from the outside watching you. I'm like, she's so on the right track. Like it's so fun to see. Um, and it's been really successful. And I want to talk about this because I think you are my poster child when it comes to my like check boxes of some marketing, something that, that is successful. So Kelsey has managed to sell out all of her programs. Um, her first launch, she made over 10 K on her very first program launch ever. And this is within how big is your email list? Less than 600. Less than 600 and similarly on social media, right? So I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make or, or this thing that we doubt ourselves is, oh, like, I don't have a big audience. I can't do this, blah, blah. And with simple strategy that I've been working with Kelsey on, just making sure that like, okay, we have a landing page to send people to like basic marketing stuff, but she's done the thing. And she'll, I remember the first time you texted me and you were like, I posted about realign, which was your first program that yeah. sold out and, mm -hmm. um, no one signed up. And I was like, well, how many times did you post about it? And you were like, <laughs> once. Once. <laughs> and so that's when we kind of got into this idea of, okay, let's like have a deep dive into marketing. And I sort of taught you the tools I would use, but then you did it. 
And that's something that I really want to share. You've now sold out two of the Realign programs. People have had epic transformational experiences. I've had friends that I know very well go through the program and just, I've watched them literally change their entire lives from your programs. It's incredible to see one person I'll, I'll fully call out, which is my friend, Christy. And she and I have, we go way, way back and she is stubborn as a rock and just so <laughs> righteous and, and fiery. And it's really hard to get her to do something she doesn't want to do and be vulnerable and, um, you know, a lot of things. And she, she would agree with this, that, you know, I tell her that empathy is not her, strong suit, you know, she's very, very fire and, and I think maybe no water in her chart. Mm -hmm. Um, so the program like blew her, blew her open and it was so beautiful. Just even the way that she lives now, I can see she's putting herself first and she is mm. in my world, like just the ultimate martyr. Like if there is yeah. somebody that needs saving, if there is a dog that needs saving, if there is a family that is going without Christmas presents, if there is a distant relative that is in hospice, I mean, she is there and she comes last. She has a right. son, like she puts her job above all, like she is the ultimate person who puts herself last. And I have seen the transformation. The biggest thing I've witnessed is I'm watching her put herself first. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what is in your course, but that transformation alone and the decisions right. she's making now because of your course, I, it's just so beautiful to witness. And I've, mm -hmm. I've been able to see this so many times, but what's been so cool is the success that you've had this year. Like and from a marketing standpoint and from what I do, one, it's niche. So you're getting really specific about the types of offerings that you're doing. Um, realign, right? It says what it is. You know, it was about coming back mm -hmm. into alignment with yourself and with your truth over this eight-week deep dive intimate group experience that yeah. Kelsey facilitates. The new one is called release, right? That one's really, um, mm -hmm. I love that it says what it is, right? So they're specific. There's a lot of life coaches out there. There's a lot of things that you can do with what it is that you're doing. And you've really gotten specific in the type of person you want to help. So I want you to tell me who that person is. Um, mm -hmm. But I just want to celebrate your success. You've now, you know, launched really successful webinars where the show up rate that you have and the conversion rate is honestly like nothing I've ever seen. And I attribute that like for her, 25 people show up and 25 people buy, which is totally crazy. Um, and that speaks to her authenticity, her intention, and the amazingness of the service and the product that she's offering mixed with a really good marketing strategy. She posts about it seven times. She's not afraid to go <laughs> on Instagram and talk about really uncomfortable things. And I think as coaches and leaders, we are responsible for being more vulnerable than our audience. And that's what allows our audience to be vulnerable. And I say that all the time. So talk to me about what it feels like as a quote unquote shy girl to yeah. step up and facilitate these really deep experiences, have them sell out, have so many people show up to your things, have those, all of those people then buy the thing and take the action. Like, how do you celebrate these moments? Honestly, I am just having the time of my life doing this stuff. It is so fucking fun. I love it. Um, but yeah, I think as a, as a former shy girl, um, 
I'm, I, to be blunt, I'm really proud of myself for doing this. Um, it's not a life that past me would have envisioned, but once I started listening and once I tuned in and once I found coaching, it was just like, it was such a no brainer. And there became a point for me where I knew it had to be done in order to really do this and share what I wanted to and like have the life I wanted really. Um, and the barriers to doing that were all things that were in my control. So it was all my own insecurity. It was all a box that I put myself in. And once I realized that it was, it was a choice and it was a really empowering choice because it was like, okay, you know, the only thing holding you back from this is yourself and the impact I wanted to have and had the way I wanted to be in service, that desire was greater than my desire to stay small. So that's what we did. And that's, that's where we're at. So it's been a really beautiful, um, challenging, but but beautiful experience to move past that decision. And now I just get to, to live it every day. Amazing. I love that. My desire to be in service was greater than my desire to stay small. Like that, that's it right there. And I think, you know, before I ask you the last question here, there's something that you've touched on and I've touched on. And I really want to like scream this from the rooftops is we didn't do this alone. And like, we have So I think that, you know, Kelsey is a coach and, and a lot of her clients like can't live without her. And that's how I feel about my coaches. And like, everyone needs a coach, especially coaches. Like Mm -hmm. I spend all of my time coaching, mentoring, teaching other people. So to have the, like, I especially think coaches need coaches like more than anything. Um, we need that person to keep us accountable. We need that standing call every other Thursday. And as human beings, like when we know someone else is invested in us, that's sort of like the best shortcut. Like people will text me all the time. Like, Oh, I didn't do my homework for you. And their homework is to launch their course, you know, like, So it's like, oh, I stayed up all night before our call trying to finish my landing page for you. And I'm like, it's not for me, but because we have that standing call and there's somebody else holding them accountable and somebody else checking in on them. So I want to talk about that, like the, the impact that your coaches have had on you and just sort of the rally cry for why people need coaches. I still think that there's this like weird, um, I don't know what it is illusion or idea of what a life coach is and that it's like this. Yeah. So talk to that. I know, you know what I'm getting at. So like, let's just talk about like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I believe in a perfect world, everyone would have a therapist and everyone would have a coach end of story like that. Oh, just those two humans, um, in your life are such a game changer. And I know that's, it's such a privilege to be able to have both of those resources. Um, but I mean, to work with a coach, it just on, on the first and foremost, it's just signaling like you're in it, like you're really doing this thing. And it's a financial signal. It's an emotional signal. It's a energetic signal to yourself, to the universe. Like I'm taking myself seriously enough to do something about this. So I think that's the first thing. And, and sometimes the most powerful moment is guiding someone through that experience, that conversation of choosing to work together. Cause I really believe it's a choice. I'm never going to sail someone into it. If it's an intuitive, yes, for both of us, like that's when I want to work with someone. Um, so I think that's the first thing. And then it's also just, again, the power of having someone else hold your vision with you. I was talking to my coach the other day um, and just, you know, having a little, 
experience about something playing small and la la la, how I do sometimes, how we all do. And she was like, okay, that's nice, but I'm holding your vision for you. So it's still here. Like it's still here. What are you going to do? And just the power of having someone else see you hold your vision. It, again, it gives you permission to bring that vision to life. So I just think it's, it's such a beautiful, uh, relationship, the coaching dynamic. Um, and then lastly, accountability is just so huge to have someone that knows that you're intending to do this thing. Like I'm working with this fitness app right now called future. And it's such an obvious example. Just the fact that I know that my virtual trainer knows if I work out or not, like that's enough for me to work out. So just imagine the power of that, but like, making these big life things, these big life changes is just so transformational. Yeah. I think that that's, it's so important. And for me, I think, uh, you know, what's been so amazing for me to have coaches and mentors I've done like women's coaching. I have, you know, the, the main coach for me that really comes to mind, she's not even a coach is Aaron weed. And, Mm -hmm. um, she has just been so transformational in holding my vision. And I like the way you say that, And for me, it's as somebody that it is really hard for me to receive Mm -hmm. Um, and to receive, like to have somebody hold space for me. And just, I actually remember Deb, um, like I was having a really hard time in May and Deborah Silverman, most of you know who she is. She's very busy. And um, most of our calls are very like quick, 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 quick. We both have like a thousand planets in Gemini. And she was feeling me and called me out of the blue one day in the middle of a busy day and was like, I'm going to hold space for you for the next Mm. hour. Like, that's what we're going to do, you know, and Deborah's way, like, we're going to do that now. Right. And I just bawled for an hour. Right. And just that gift that she gave me of holding space for me. And I do look up to her. Right. So it was like this mentor, this coach, this somebody Mm -hmm. that I know sees me taking an hour out of their day, whether it's paid or not, right. Right. To have space held for you is like the ultimate gift in just getting to cry, getting to vent, getting to share. And that person on the other end, their only motive is your best interest. And that's why I love Aaron Weed so much because when I get in a rut, when I get stuck, when I come up against a wall, I just, you know, magically we get on a a call. I'm always led to her and, and she makes that time for me and she's holding that vision and it's so important. So yeah, I just think for me, the ability to receive from my coaches and know that whether it's paid or not, like this time is such a gift because somebody is holding space for me and receiving that love is, can be really hard. And I think for a lot of people, maybe a huge blockage and why they're not ready to have a coach, because sometimes it's really hard to be loved so hard and seen so hard. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I just think that that's a beautiful rally cry too. And, um, there's a lot of ways and, and I think beautiful people and missions out there that if you can't write afford, you know, a one-on-one life coach, you can have these programs and you can still participate in these other things where someone gets to see you and hold space for you. And it's so wonderful. So that leads well, me. The last thing I yeah. did want to say one more thing on that though, um, often just the greatest gift of coaching is to have someone be 100% present with you and just hold that space really for you to experience whatever it is that you need to experience without any agenda whatsoever. Like even if we call a friend, it's hard for that friend not to have an opinion on, on something. So it's Mm -hmm. just such a unique experience and container for you to really 
figure out your own stuff for yourself without any other influence and just with so much love and so much care. So yeah, I love the way that you said that. It's just the gift of presence is so, so valuable. And we all just want to feel seen. We all just want to feel seen. And it's the most important thing. And when you have that standing meeting of like for that hour that week, I'm going to be seen and I get to like share this exciting thing. And, you know, I have a certain amount of money every year that I invest into the business. And the majority of that goes to coaches and mentors. And it's so the reason why I'm as successful as I am. Uh, not just, you know, business, but like emotionally, like because of those mirrors, because of those coaches, because of those therapists, because of those Western doctors, I'm on antidepressants. Um, When I was uh, doing my wins for the year, my journal prompts going back on Lexapro was a huge win for me. And if it wasn't for my coaches and my mirrors and those people that just hold space for me without any agenda, I wouldn't have done half of the things I did this year. So Yeah. It's just so, so, so important. And something I value above most things, um, is that, that budget that I have for coaches Mm -hmm. and mentors. So my last question for you is what is your prayer for the shy girls? Like what is your hope Mm. for the shy, uh, you know, girls that are not super confident, not a hundred percent willing to even do a selfie video on social media, let alone post a selfie, right? Like Ah. that was a big one for you. So, you know, if you had a room of shy girls sitting in front of you right now with this full potential, um, that we all have, what would you, what would you say? Oh, I love that question. I just got chills. Um, I would just say, give yourself permission to expand, to give yourself permission to take up space, give yourself permission to exist in your authentic way. I remember the other week you, you were like, why are you apologizing for just existing? And I, you do that all the time. It's like so annoying. I know it's ridiculous. And like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, for what's breathing? For breathing. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, my, my, how dare you breathe? I know it's so ridiculous. Um, but it's really just to like allow yourself to be who you are and trust that like the love that comes from that is just so powerful and so great. And there's just so much freedom on the other side of that fear of being vulnerable, that fear of being seen. So I, yeah, I guess to bottom line myself, it's just to trust that in putting yourself out there, you not only get to really be who you are, but the love that you receive in return from that is more authentic than you could possibly believe. Mm, That's so beautiful. I know so many people when you are like super shy, it was hard for me because you're not shy with me. Obviously I've known you my whole life. So you're like the weirdest person I've ever met. And it's like, (laughs) and it's just like, you're so weird and so funny and like just totally ridiculous. And for me, it's such a gift to see like step more into that because you know, I've explained you to people or I'll, you know, like tell a story and they're like, Kelsey, really? I'm like, you guys, she's like the literal, like (laughs) biggest weirdo. And so it's like, let your freak flag fly, you know, and stop apologizing. And for somebody that like takes up a lot of space, um, I have a different sort of 
work to do. Right. And like, for me, there's a great power in listening. There's a great power in being quiet. And I think what you said at the very beginning is, you know, we learn a lot from each other and we say all the time, if only I could be just a little more like you and if only you could be just a little bit more like me. Um, but that's why we have each other. So exactly. You know, I've learned a lot of self-love and, and, um, ways to love myself through, through Kelsey, because for a long time, um, when I looked in the mirror, I had this trick and I would pretend I was looking at Kels because we we really look a lot alike. And so when I decided I wanted to love myself, my trick at the beginning was, well, who do I love most in the world? And that's Kelsey. So I'd look in the mirror in my eyes and I would say, I love you as if I was talking to Kelsey. And then one day, cause then I meant it. Right. Mm. And then one day magically I was like looking at myself and it was just like this beautiful thing of, um, because I'm lovable too. And we see these people that are so different than us. And we see that the praise, like, I know you talk about this a lot and we need to wrap this up, but you talk about that you were actually praised for being well-behaved and praised for not speaking Mm. out and praised Mm -hmm. for being quiet. And, and I, um, was always being told to be quiet and to sit down and to calm down and whatever. And so it's just so interesting that dynamic, whereas, and so you were being reinforced to be quiet and shy and I wasn't being celebrated at all for being loud and how that has caused now, you know, I hate the word traumas, um, and wounds, but because I just, you know, I feel like we're just constantly evolving as people, but how that's played out in our stories, I just think is so interesting. And I'm going to think about so much when I'm raising my children, especially if they're so different, like we were. Um, so yeah, is there any else thing you want to say before we do your calls to actions? Do you have any final piece of anything to add? I think my final piece that now that you've handed me the mic is, um, start small, like changing your life does not have to be a sexy, overcomplicated process. It's a simple decision you can make right now to like go get a glass of water because you're thirsty or to go to bed earlier because you're tired or to like reach out to that person because they inspire you and they make you feel seen. It's these little decisions and um, that we can literally make at any time. So I feel like part of what I really want to share is, is changing your life is it's not this unattainable thing. It's something you can decide quietly to do right now and take one action right now that is in support of your highest self and your real vision. So I think that's the last thing that I wanted to say is don't, don't make it complicated. You can decide to do it right now. Don't make it heavy. That's Clay's don't mantra make it heavy. for 2021. And I love it. That mantra, by the way. Um, what are all the calls to actions? How can we find you? How can we sign yes. up for release? Where can we learn yep. more? Tell me everything. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I do most of my sharing at KM Letco. Um, release is all on my website under the group programs page. You can apply now. There's 12 spots left. I am so excited about it. Uh, you can also learn more about one-on-one coaching there. Um, and just reach out to me. Email me at hello at kelseyletco.com. I want to I wanna talk and connect and share and learn about you. So um yeah, I'm, I'm very available. Yeah. You can book a free consult even. Yeah. Um, Book a free consultation for sure. And get to know her services. So if any of this resonated with you, I've really seen firsthand, obviously, um, I worship Kelsey, but more than that, um, 
well, not more than that. There's nothing I really worship more than Kelsey, but, um, in, in, in that vein, um, authenticity is really important to me. And I wouldn't just be putting her on this podcast because she's my sister. I am so, um, mindful of who I bring on and when I bring them on. And obviously it's been in the back of my mind for a really long time, but I feel like now, um, we've just been having a lot of really beautiful conversations. And because you've launched this new program, I was just like, man, now is the time Mm. you scream this from the rooftops. There's so much here. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you I'm for being so born. grateful. Oh, thanks for being the best sister, cheerleader, all of the things. I'm such a gift to get to do this stuff together. Life is so fun together. Life can be so fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, been, it's been great doing life with you. Let's do it together. Let's do it. Let's keep it up. <laughs> Um, for everybody listening, thank you for being here. This was such a special episode to me, one that I've been really looking forward to sharing and introducing you all. I know I sort of like dance around sharing Kelsey here and there. I've talked about you on a lot of podcasts. I've actually called (laughs) you out on a lot of podcasts Oh, I know. (laughs) and, um, constantly I'm using you as my example and my Guinea pig, but it's just been so fun to see you bloom. And, um, I think you're still blooming, right? By the way, speaking of blooming and analogies, the flower in our backyard. So Clay and I had this, um, debate. There's this like epic flower or plant growing in our garden. And we, there was this like crazy sort of new stem coming out and we couldn't figure out, uh, Clay was betting that it was going to be another round of leaves. And I was betting that it was going to be a flower and it is an epic flower. Oh, I was team flower. I I know. And it's just such a great, like my plants are teaching me more about life than anything else. Just (laughs) like watching them grow and you don't really have to do anything and it just grows and blooms and you don't know if it's going to be a flower or another leaf and it's beautiful either way. And anyway, I just think that's such a cool note to end on. Like we don't even know if it's a flower or plant, we're just growing, you know, and we're blooming and we're doing the best we can. And it's just a joy to do life with you. So to all my listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I'm really excited for the, uh, direction that this podcast is taking in 2021 and we wouldn't be doing this without you. So wherever you are, I feel you, I'm grateful for you. And until next time, keep growing. 